I'm going to speak to you today, and basically, look, this is my heart. I want to promise you a new day, and I can confidently in, in the Scriptures that God is going to uh, get us through this season, but I, I want to make an appeal to everybody watching. Let's do this season together, shall we? Let's, let's, let's make sure that we're uh, chucking encouragement and, and uh, always being together. Uh, let's do this season together. Let's, uh, when we all come back together, let's, let's think to yourself, hey, we did that as a group. We did that as a church. We did that as a family. And so I want to speak today right into today that you, what you might be struggling with this Sunday, uh, what you might be struggling with this week, what you might be struggling with with this season. I want to talk about Nehemiah and how he used his sadness. Uh, you know, today, when we think about that, you, you've heard the two scriptures, Nehemiah 2, 1 through 8, keep your Bible open there, and also keep your finger in Psalm 42. There are seasons of sadness that, that can overtake us, and often it's because we just feel like we're, we're overwhelmed by all what's happened. Something can happen, and basically it's because it's out of our control, and it, it overwhelms us. In fact, I don't know about you, but there's never been a season in all of our time where we feel like things are happening that are not in our control, that are, that are beyond us. The pandemic, the, you know, politicians are struggling. And, and also personally, there may be things happening that have, have just overtaken you and, or uh, like Nehemiah, that you've got news just out of the blue that you think, oh, how did that happen? It's okay to feel a little bit overwhelmed. In fact, I don't know about you, but even the, the sense of, you know, big companies like Facebook and Google, you think, wow, how did they know that? I read this thing on the internet, you might have seen it, that uh, ordering a pizza in 2021, caller, is that Pizza Hut? Google, no, sir, this is Google Pizza. Caller, oh, sorry, I must have dialed the wrong number. No, no, sir, we bought Pizza Hut last month. Caller, okay, I'd like to order a pizza. Do you want your usual, sir? My usual? How do you know me? Uh, Google, according to our caller ID data sheet, in the last 12 times you called, you ordered an extra large pizza with three cheeses, sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, meatballs, and a thick crust. Caller, wow, super, that's what I'll have. Google, may I suggest, sir, that you order a regatta with sun, ricotta pizza with sun-dried tomatoes, olives, and with a gluten-free thin crust. Caller, what? I, I don't want a vegetarian pizza. Google, your cholesterol's not good, sir. Caller, hang on, how do you know that? Google, well, we cross-referenced your home phone number with your medical records, and we had the results of your blood test for the last seven years. Caller, okay, but I don't want your vegetarian pizza. I already take medication for my cholesterol. Google, well, excuse me, sir, but you haven't taken your medication regularly. According to our database, you only purchased a box of 30 cholesterol tablets once at Lloyd's Pharmacy uh, four months ago. Caller, hey, I bought more from another pharmacy. 
Google, that doesn't show up on your credit card statement. Call her, I paid in cash. Google, but you did not withdraw enough cash according to your bank statement. Call her, I have other sources of cash. Google, that doesn't show on your latest tax, re tax returns that we checked unless you bought them using undeclared income, which is against the law. Call her, what? Google, I'm sorry, sir, we use this information for the sole intention of helping you. Caller, enough already. I'm sick to death of Google, Facebook, and Twitter, WhatsApp, and all the others. I'm going to an island without the internet, TV, where no phone service and no one can watch me or spy on me. Google, I understand that, sir, but you need to renew your passport first because it expired six weeks ago. Can I just say to everybody, welcome to the future. <laughs> Before we can talk about rebuild, I want to recognize that in this season, we feel a little bit overwhelmed by everything that's going on, not only the internet and Facebook, the pandemic. And before we ignore all that, I'm wondering if I could say to us two very strong things. I want you to write these down. I want you to perhaps put them on your Facebook page. This, may, this season may feel out of control. We may feel a little bit, oh, how many algorithms have people got on us? But let's just pause and say two important things. Number one, it's okay to be sad. It's okay if you've had bad news not to just pass it off with a hallelujah and try and get on. It's okay to pause like Nehemiah. It's really okay to be processing things. Number two, remember that God's got this situation and that God has got your personal situation. If you've got a Bible and you can turn really quickly, Psalm 27 verse 5 says, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe, dwelling in his dwelling. He will keep me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Remember Psalm 91 verse 1, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Number one, it's okay to be sad, but number two, God has got this and he's got you. No matter what other forces you may feel are around. In our story that uh, Jordan and Natasha read for us earlier, it's been three months since ne uh, Nehemiah uh, heard the bad news of the ruined city. He was so upset that it had now become a mood and a disposition in his life. Although a part of life, we have to get to the root of the sadness. Nehemiah had allowed this sadness to play out so that it came to his face. It came to his disposition. But we can't let our sadness grow in such a way that we don't know how to function. Nehemiah had spent three months with this situation, but getting to how to use sadness or the root of sadness, number one, the thing that he did was is he kept it before the Lord. 
He kept taking that sadness and saying, this is how I feel. This is what's happening to me. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, it said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to God. In Psalm 42 that we read earlier, the psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. This is the key to not allowing your sadness and this time overcome you and to stop you functioning is to take that sadness and keep giving it to God. And now it will return to you. It won't just be a magic formula so it will go away. But keep it before the Lord. Keep saying, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. You know, another way that we get sad and the, the root of sadness can be the, the kind of criticism that people lay at our door. You know, like they did in Psalm 42, my tears have been my food daily and people say, where is your God? And I want to say to you really strongly, in this time of isolation, remember that God does not guarantee a trouble-free life. You must never allow people to play the, if God loved you card, then this wouldn't happen. Don't allow people to do that. Don't let that enter into your spirit. Let's base our view of life and our approach to life on the uh, gospel where Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jeff preached on it in our first conference, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. We are not home yet, church. This is not our home. You know, I know it's an old Pentecostal hymn, this world is not my home, I'm only passing through. But it is a truth. But take heart, Jesus says, I've overcome the world. God is with us in our difficulties. He does not excuse them. So don't let anybody ever lay it on you. Oh, where's your God now? God is here within it. Another root of sadness can be our sense of all that we've lost. I remember Pastor Nick uh, preaching a couple of uh, weeks ago, or just before Christmas, on Psalm 42, an excellent message. Go back and find that message. But a key to overcoming sadness is remembering what we had, uh, and sometimes when we think of what we've lost, that causes sadness, but going back and remembering what we had can be a motivator to say, well, this is only a season. Remember in Psalm 42, it says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one and be with the joyful assembly ever praising in festive song. Remember what we had, BCC. And of course, that makes me feel a little bit sad. But it tells me that this is only a season and it will be again. So what we have to do is understand we are in the darkest time of this season. I know that the NHS is creaking. I know that some of you are working really hard. I understand that some of you, your businesses are at breaking point, but this is only a season. And even if it's like a kidney stone and it will painfully pass, it will pass. And so put your sadness in perspective and say, I remember how it was and I know that it can come back again. To understand sadness, we need to remember 
that God's been with us through our many seasons of life. You know, there was an unusual verse in Psalm 42. It's in verse 6. It says, My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, and the land of Mizpah. Oh, Mizar, excuse me. He said, I'm sad at the minute, but I'm going to remember Jordan. I want you to remember your Jordan experience. The Jordan represented the great crossing over into the life of God. Do you remember how life used to be before you knew God? And now life, what it's like now? You see, one of the ways of overcoming sadness is understand how greatly we've crossed over and we've been saved. And then the psalmist goes on and says, when when I'm sad, I remember the Mount Hermon. And Mount Hermon was the biggest, the biggest thing in in Israel. It was the the highest mountain. And and I want you to remember some of those times when God has done a big thing in your life, a huge thing in your life, when, when, when he's done things that were so unusual that you could only explain it by God. I told you a story, and Kathy told you a story of how one of a sister that had, had grown within her last year was x-rayed and was about to have an operation, and then it disappeared. It was a Mount Hermon experience for us. It was a big thing that God did for us. I remember in the history of BCC, me once praying about what can you do here at BCC? And two peacocks came into my garden from nowhere, never seen again. And God told me, if I can put peacocks in your garden, I can do miracles at BCC. And it was just a strange experience The psalmist goes on. I wonder if you've got an experience where you say, well, that was God. In your sadness, have you forgotten a that was God moment? You know, the time when you just knew that God came through for you. We've got to overcome our sadness through remembering who God is. He's as high as the Mount Hermon and bigger. And then the psalmist goes on and says, I remember him from the land of Mizpah. And Mizpah means small. It means a small hill. It was a place that Lot ran to after coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I go into that small city? It, it's, it means those intimate moments, those small things. Let me tell you about one of mine, even yesterday. You know, there are times when, as a pastor, you don't just want to say things. You want to make sure that it's God's word and that there are some things that you, you just don't want to fill up the airwaves with space. And yesterday I, w- I was tasked to give a little talk at a, the induction of a minister. I was just praying about it in the morning and I was saying those very words, God, would you give me something that isn't just the stuff, that it's actually right for that time? And God gave me a scripture from the book of Acts. Now, I'm, at the moment, I'm reading a Bible plan on you version that's going to, it's Bible in a year. And I'm reading the book of Job, which, as you know, is quite challenging. I'm reading the book of Job and some things around the gospel. I'm not reading the book of Acts. And actually, I just really love the fact that God dropped something in my spirit that was fresh and new just because I needed it. And I want to say to you that those small, intimate moments are really important 
where you say, God, I, I needed that. And that's one way in which we can overcome some of the sadnesses that are in this season. Remember how God has blessed you in the secret place that's just for you, that's not about anybody else, but you can say, well, thanks, God. I didn't really expect that, but thank you for that. In fact, I wonder if you could engage and write some of your miracle things on our Facebook page and and just put on BCC Facebook page, hey, this is what happened to me. And let's just have a testimony time. And if you've got any questions from my message today, put it on my Facebook page and I'll be glad to answer them back or put it on the BCC Facebook page. See, we overcome sadness not, however, by denying our feelings. In Psalm 42, the psalmist says, I, uh, you're my God, you're my rock, but I cried tears every day. It's really interesting to me that Nehemiah allowed his feelings to be displayed even to the king, that the king could see that something was wrong with him. And I'm not saying that you should vent inappropriately or allow your feelings to run away with you, but unless you acknowledge how you're feeling, you can't really take action. So let's, let's just say, hey, if you're feeling sad, just tell the Lord, say, God, this is how I feel. You know, uh, here's probably one of the most important parts of this message. And I'm going to wrap up in a, in a few moments, but the most important thing of, of overcoming a sadness or shock in this season, uh, Nehemiah was sad. It, it, it became a mood in his life. He, he, he put it before the Lord. He, he kept it in prayer. And... As we do this, we will discern what the root of that sadness is. What, what is it that's making me sad? Is it an event? Is it a person? Is it something with Nehemiah? It was this news that he had that the city was in ruins and, and you might have had terrible news. What's the issue? What's the root? And we need to get to the root of why you're feeling the way you're feeling. If you're uncertain, what, what is that? What, what mindset is that? What is it underneath all the layers, the arguments, the tweets, the everything? What is it that's causing your feelings? But after that process, process is done, where you think, well, this is the root. Here's the key difference that Nehemiah did. He, to get out of his sadness, having acknowledged his feelings and and let that be, he then made a plan. And that's what I want you to do today. You see, it's okay to be sad, but we need to use our sadness. His plan was a practical plan. It was, can I go to the city and help? It was a relational plan. He said, will you write letters so that I can uh, make sure that I've got people on my side? It was a plan that involved resources. He said, would you uh, get me timber? It was a plan that involved protection. He said, send the cavalry with me. You see, your plan has got to be relational and protected, but nevertheless, make a plan. The key to overcoming Sadness is to use it, is to begin to say, well, God, 
what are you trying to put into my life during this season? It's hard at first. It's a hard thing to do. But if you keep that issue before God and you keep giving it to him, he's going to start showing you what he's trying to do through it. In fact, I would say we've had a lot of declaration prayers. We've had a lot of request prayers. But I wonder how much of our prayer life is discerning prayer of saying, well, God, what is it that you're trying to shape in me through this time of testing? And remember what James said to us, is God trying to mould you in this current situation? Has he, has he locked you down actually so that he can shape something? James says it like this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face tri- trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Let God mould something. Let God finish this work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown across by every wind. What is God trying to get in you and through you in this season? It's time for all of us to have some intimate, mizpah, reflective moments, small moments with God. Only moments between you and God that say, God, what are you trying to do? You know, the Bible also says, so if you think you're standing, be firm, be careful that you don't fall. But then God does say, but no temptation has overtaken you, except which is common to everyone. Everyone's going through this. And God is faithful that when you're tempted, you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. But God, when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Look, God is trying to get some things through you, in you, to you. It's time for us to begin to say, okay, what are you doing? Is it time for you to start a plan? Can you imagine Nehemiah being asked by the king, why are you sad? Why is your face sad? And Nehemiah doing the British thing or the thing that we all do and saying, no, I'm fine. Can we all do that, don't we? You say, oh, are you all right? And we say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And in the inside, we're crumbling. Nothing would have changed. So... Here's how to start your recovery plan. This is the thing. If you're on Twitter, I want you to tweet this thing. Uh, Recovery plan from sadness. Share, prayer, dare. Okay? I've often said those three words with the word care involved. But today I'm saying share, prayer, and dare. You know, and if you want to kind of ask me questions about any of the next, those three points, please preach on my Facebook or on the Birmingham City Facebook, and we want to engage with you and chat back to you. Underlying this plan is the faith to believe God's going to get us through this church. God, we are going to come out the other side, and God is going to minister, and you're going to be a different and a more strong person as we rebuild out of this season. So number one, share. Nehemiah had the courage to share his feelings 
And I want to ask you, do you need to talk to someone about how you're feeling? Share. You will never deal with sadness if you keep it bottled up. It will be like fizzy pop. Eventually, it will explode and come out. Share. Talk to somebody about how you're feeling. Nehemiah then had the faith to engage in prayer. Keep it before God. He realized that if God wasn't involved in his plans, nothing would work. So everything we do, we've got to put it around prayer. I believe this is a season of new prayer for everyone. And then dare. Nehemiah was then had the daring and he dared to act. Often it's our willingness to act that is the problem. Not our skill, not our intelligence. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back, if you will. But maybe I could encourage you, if you're following the Nehemiah devotion, that you read day five one more time. Because what I'm doing over the next few weeks is the devotions will give you the high-level things, and these messages will dig deeper into those devotions. If you haven't got a devotion, please email in to admin at bcc.life, and we will uh, send it to you. This week, be honest about your feelings. Be honest about your tensions. Talk to somebody. Talk to God and talk to somebody. You need to rebuild by reaching out this week. It's time for you. You might think, well, I'm not really sad and everything's fine with me, but you know other people may be. So it's time for you. I wonder if I could commission you, call you again to text, phone, write to somebody. You know it's great when you get a letter, a handwritten letter is lovely rather than email. But if you can only email or text or phone, can I get everybody on our feed just to, just to commit to, I'm going to text somebody, even today, and say, hey, how are you doing? I wonder if you, this week, could share with somebody else one of those small experiences. I told you one of mine yesterday about how I got a scripture out of the blue that was right for that message and right for that time and I was just so thankful as I reflected at the end of the day yesterday I was just so thankful and said God how do you do that why do you do that it's so gracious you know God wants to do those small blessings I wonder if you could share one of yours with somebody come on church we've got to get through this season by not just giving in to the sadness, but using the sadness, but being a part of our encouraging solution together. Dare to plan. Come on, make the first step to your future. We've all been shocked, we've all been hit, but, but come on, dare to plan. Make a daring plan that says, well, you know, I'm going to do some things that are practical, that are right. I'm going to reassign again for training. I'm going to write that job application form. I am going to do something that takes some faith, that takes some guts, but I'm going to do it. 
See, that's what Nehemiah did. He was sad, but he said, well, God, I've sat in this sadness for a while. I know the root of it. I'm shocked. I've processed it. I've shared it. And now I'm planning to do something about it. What about you? You've been left. People have abandoned you. But is it time now to reach out to some new people? You've lost that job. Your business isn't doing well. But is it time now to say, well, maybe I could do this and and plan some things. Come on, make that plan before God because God has got you. He's got this season. He's got you. As a pastor and shepherd during this time, my heart is full for you. I so want you to get through this well. I want to come out the other side a stronger Christian, a better pastor, a better person, a better husband. How about you? Come on, let's use this time and let's use this sadness. And one of the ways we can do that is through worship. So come on, as the band lead us now, as Kevin leads us, and these lovely worship singers, come on, join in and worship your heart out for a few moments. Let's worship him.